Welcome to AUCD Network Narratives, where we share real stories from our members. I'm your host, J.D. Flores, a self-advocacy discipline coordinator at the Strong Center for Developmental Disabilities and the co-chair for the Council on Leadership and Advocacy. Join us as we hear from inspiring leaders within our network working to make a change. In this episode of AUCD Network Narratives, J.D. is joined by Blake Perry from the Michigan Developmental Disability Institute. Blake is passionate about housing issues due to his lived experience. He understands people with disabilities have a hard time in different housing settings. Blake started his career as a self-advocate with his own leadership club in September 1998. Now, Blake is a community transition trainer with the USED. Listen in as JD and Blake talk about home and community-based services. They discuss issues with privacy and self-determination that are especially faced by Black and Brown disabled people and people from the LGBTQ community who receive home and community-based services. You can learn more about Michigan's Community-Based Transition Trainer Project and their HCBS work by viewing the link in our show notes. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So Blake, can you tell me a little bit about like your advocacy style, how you got started as an advocate? We were at a boys' home, which is a temporary place when a juvenile does not have a place to live. So there were group leaders, and the group leaders were basically the people who did the show, made sure everybody had to do what they were doing. So there were group leaders that could restrain people, and they could jab stuff in your arm, punch in your stomach, and then the staff are just over there watching, not, you know, they don't see anything. And so me and my friends were like, this is like kind of crazy, and so we kind of created my own, our own group, and so we kind of did that together, you know, advocating, telling them to do, having local meetings, having local food parties, and it was just our thing. And that how and so that's how that happened. And so when you really wanted to be in business, you kind of adopt that. So going from A to B to B. So that's how my organization grew. So it makes me think of my time in college. I started a club in college um, when I was an undergrad to advocate for folks with disabilities, or really just to raise awareness about folks with disabilities um, on our campus. There weren't a, a lot of folks. Um, at least not with, so I have a physical disability. So there weren't a lot of folks that like I could see that were disabled. And so the college wasn't really tailored to my experience. And so the only way that I could figure out how to do that was to start my own group. So I think that we have, we are more alike than different in our ways of how we've done advocacy. So I know that you've done a lot of work in the home and community-based services. Can you tell me some, like how some of that got started and, and some of the things that you've been able to accomplish? The Home Community-Based Services stands for Home Community-Based Services. So it's the rule that states someone living in a setting and they receive services, they are the person who can make the control of their decisions. How they have company in their house, any time, how they eat, how they go grocery shopping, even to how to use their own devices and privacy. Like as an adult, we all have things that we like to look at on our devices. And so more so people in group home settings are like, no, you can't do that. 
So the HBS rule, which is the home-based community housing, says you're entitled to that privacy. So I think that that's a good thing. And I think letting people have the power to make their decisions in their house, like furnishing it, uh, being able to have company, being able to you know, have your own space, controlling your bills or heating. Because in some situations, people are using other people's internet and things like that. And it makes other people have to, that person to pay out of pocket. And so I think that that's going to be a really good thing. I'm excited. It goes into place next year. So I'm really excited. Can you tell me how the HCBS rule supports like the importance of it and how, and the importance really in the privacy that it supports and how that, you know, will help you in your life and in your future as you continue to grow and build as an advocate. When you're in your own home, you make the decisions. Living in a group home, you know, if you want to have company, have to be in the porch, have to go in the living room, have to be watched, have to sign in and out. So HCBS and how I use it is I shop how I want to, I cook how I want to, I eat when I want to. And with the privacy, if I want to have privacy, I'm entitled to that. So, you know, privacy is something that all the dogs have when they interact with who they interact with. So that's just a, um, a good thing for anybody to have access to. This makes me think, I say this all the time in, some of the, in my work with the LEN fellows working with, you know, future healthcare providers. I talk about body autonomy all the time and how we lack a lot of privacy as people with disabilities, like how people don't understand that, you know, we deserve autonomy, um, not just with, yeah. you know, physical autonomy with our body, but just like who we want to be around and what we want to do. Um, and so this, to me, really just resonates with the fact that we are just working closer to getting to be you know, to be respected as human beings in the community with the work that we do. With your experiences, you know, with HCBS and without HCBS, what do you think is, is the biggest take, like the biggest thing that you feel like you, you didn't have before, but now you have outside of privacy? So growing up in the day, there was really no proper way to identify somebody as gay they labeled them in a differently way. And basically, there's a principle among someone who's gay and someone who's a, you know, a person who hurts other people. I don't know if I can say the word to say a juvenile sex offender versus a person who's young, who's juvenile and gay. So they had just labeling people, it was not saying the person is this and that. So now, being able to have my own space, through just language in my person-centered plan and things like that, that says, yeah, I am gay, and I am entitled to A, B, and C. So I, I think that that's a really big thing that makes me very happy, because at the end of the day, if I want somebody to come over, I don't have to say, we have to be in the living room. I do what anybody else does. So would you say that HCBS has allowed you to be your full self in your oh, home? Yes. Can you tell me about some of the stuff that you had to go through in order to get to this place where you are now? Well, it will take a lot of work 
it will take a lot of decision making. It will take a lot of mistakes to get back up. And then at a point, something will happen. Like in my life, my granddad passed away. And that was just a wake up call for me to get myself better. And I, you know, worked. I've always had therapy and talked to my therapist or dealt with situations. I would call um, a crisis team. Like people know I'm having a hard time. And so it became to the point to where guardianship was a big barrier. And my support team kept advocating and advocating. So I had to work at it and be my partial guardian. And then still dealing with trying to get finance and information. It led more opportunity for my support team to say I didn't need a guardian. So now I'm able to use my money how I want to. I'm able to have access I'm able to have privacy. Um, my support staff understands that. So if there's, you know, if I have company or something, he'll leave. And in the morning, he'll call to make sure, you know, if I have company or if I'm sleeping or if I'm being, that's just respect. In situations, a lot of people come in. Knock on the door, take your medication. I got to go to the good palm. That, to me, that is not respect as a person. And then I guess another thing that's an issue that I've dealt with that I overcome is that people with disabilities get $44 a month. And that money handled by a guardian goes to the manager. So there are a lot of times people have to wait for that manager. That manager could be busy, vacation, off work. And that individual has to work so awkward days to get their $44. I make my decisions to get paid from Wayne State University DBI Institute. And I use my money how I prefer. Being my own guardian, I have appointed a new payee. So I'm able to have that part of my life and having that money and just budgeting money and understand that I do things like that, but I'm really, really being responsible. I think that that is a very good thing under this new HCBS. And I do think that when it does come into place, there are going to be you know, a lot need for people to understand it. Basically, a person on a house lease is entitled to information but they're treated like a regular group home. And the term is, I, I found out that the term of unlicensed group homes is not actual, actual proper way. So there are providers that act as property managers. And to me, that, that's just work because you don't have access to landlords, you don't have access to making decisions. And at the end of the day, you're on a house lease. And that's so important. I think that in my lifetime, I have fought really hard to to stay in control and to still. I always tell people this. I wrote a paper in in school that if there, if my life was a movie, like I get the Oscar for playing me. Like no one else should be getting an award for anything in relation to my movie because the story was about me. So if somebody's gonna get an Oscar, I better be the first. Can you tell me some about some of the work that you've done with our use with your USAC and in, in the um, community tr- uh, transition? A trainer position? 
So we are getting used together. We're starting doing some presentations. I've been working with Amelia to develop, you know, life, how I pay my bills, and getting ready to present, you know, making videos of me going and pay my bill, me images, me paying my bill. And I really think that that's going to open a lot of the eye open because and like people with disabilities, they always say, I want my own apartment, I want my own apartment. And they're told, you know, you can't get an apartment. But if you put it in your plan to work at it, you can get an apartment. You can look at your friend's SSI income and you're able to, you can split that. And so I, I think that that's where everything is gapped at. And I think that people will be more independent so telling other people that housing is your choice is gonna be a really really good project and i am gonna enjoy working with people in my community to make that possible and i think that that's so important because i i i'm a firm believer that when people don't see it they don't believe it right they don't believe that it can be real so i think that you putting videos together is something that is necessary because I don't know how often people really see us just living regular life. Um, it's yeah. unfortunate that we have to go through those great lengths to like show people like, look, hey, I'm just a person just like you. I got bills on the first of the month and I got all of these things I need to take care of. And so yeah. there's a huge benefit in that. And on that note, you know, I am a really big computer geek. So I do have a YouTube channel and I do have a TikTok channel. So I, I think that that's a really good thing, but I have to work on like my audience and things like that. I totally get where we're coming from. Like, so, you know, I'm paying my bills and putting it like on TikTok and it's just like me using HBS in like my YouTube and my, um, so I, I think that that's a really good thing. So it's good to hear that you do that. If you had an opportunity to change something about HCBS if, or to if a way to improve it, a way to make it better, what would you do? I would have HCBS trainers when things go into place so that way you have advocates that are going to the different site to make sure that something is undone. Um, example, you have some group homes. Oh, you have homes where people are on a house race and the owner has cameras on the property. So under HCBS, that, those are the people that say, I don't want the cameras on the back of this house. And so you're gonna need advocates people to go out to make sure those things are done. Cause being in the disability community, professionals making the decisions is always gonna be a barrier. So that's why we have to have advocates. And I think that having those trainers statewide or in other states can be a really, really big thing. As HCBS has grown and has been, been being put together, you know, because it's a bigger piece to, to like the life puzzle, if we wanted to call it that. How have you made a difference in the way HCBS has come together? So I think throughout, you know, this situation, I tell people about it and I tell my friends, you know, I'm doing this, you can do that. And it's like you're there, you're at that point. So other people are able to do it. Because I think that information between professionals and people with disabilities 
can be censored. And so I, I think it's important that people can make these day-to-day decisions and making sure that it's not the people now who are in power who are saying you could not have overnight company and then you're doing HBS. It's like, I mean, that situation that I, you know, a friend had was, it was COVID-19 and I wanted to go visit them. And the friend said, the provider said, nobody come to the house. And I'm like, the government lifted the restriction. And I'm like, so those things in place are just, you know, people have to be there to make sure it's enforced. Like advocates. If you were going to speak to a legislator, right, about their support for HCBS, what is it that you would want them to know off the bat? Like, listen, this is the most important piece of this HCBS work, of, of what this policy does, of how it has changed my life. What is it? What would you say to them? I would actually say that they should take that very serious with their constituents in their local area. I think that there are very few commissions and cities, and I think that legislators should really look at having more disability commissions because HCBS is going to be something that constituents are going to deal with, and elected officials have to be able to, you know, understand that. Because at the end of the day, the services is paid through Medicaid, and like the officials are people who kind of help things in their districts. So that would be my thing. And even um, I had a meeting with my uh, state representative the other last month, and I told her, you know, I'm passionate about HCBS because I know what that's like. My last question for you is, if you were talking to someone who is currently living in a group home and is currently struggling with you know, not having, you know, the, the right or access or, I mean, I don't really know how to phrase that, but to do what they want to do when they want to do it. What would you say to them to help motivate them to really push, you know, to have a team that really supports them and to push for what they want, you know, for their own life? I would say, do you see how other people are interacting with that don't have disabilities? Well, now this is a chance when you're able to do those things. And I'm saying, you know, you could have company anytime you want to. You are able to do what you want to on your computer. Whatever you engage with the privacy with a friend or whoever you can share that private moment with, you're able to do it. Well, thank you, Blake. I appreciate you sharing all of this with us. I appreciate the work that you do. That's it. Thank you for tuning in to AUCD Network Narratives. If this story has inspired you to make a change at your center or program, use the link in our show notes for resources and tools to help you lead on. We'd love to connect with you. So visit the AUCD website and click on the submit your story button at the top. We hope to hear from you soon.